to jump right on into this, and um, I'm going to start by just letting you know and kind of do some really kind of quick review on some things that Pastor Tiffany said last week. But um, one of the things that we have started Coastal with from the very beginning before we ever put foot on the ground here on the Outer Banks was a vision. And it really keeps us pointed in the right direction. It's a vision statement. Uh, I, I would encourage all of you to try to discover what that would be for you and your family, individually or as a family. Because uh, I, I know uh, this, of course, we've made this personal, not just as a church, but this is part of our purpose, and we endeavor to do this every time we're with you and together, even as a family. But we navigate life through Christ. That, that's really the vision. It's nothing more, nothing less. And that just means, uh, you, of course, you can understand the nautical side to that, but it's just to help people get on course. But that's sometimes where people leave you. They leave you on course and never tell you how to do the course. And we want to help people, even ourselves, to get on course, stay on course uh, through Christ. Christ being through the anointing, through the power of the teaching of the Word and the Spirit. The Bible says that in the last days some will have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. We don't ever want that to happen here. We want to stay connected to the personhood of the Holy Spirit and to the power that comes through Him navigating you on this life. Well, the reason I said that is because over the years, you really build that based upon some things, and you start to learn really kind of who you're going to be. And, and so this is coastal. We've built coastal now. We are very confident on that vision, but we built it through the four cores of coastal. And there's four steps, four next steps for you, four cores, and we really believe that life is built upon that. And the very first one, Pastor Tiffany, she went through this last week, but I want to reiterate it because it will help us understand maybe the part about eternity today. The first part of that is, number one, we want you to know God. We believe that without that relationship with Him and knowing Him personally, you're going to be very limited on, in, in life and how life functions around yourself and around people. Because you come to this place that, listen, guys, knowing God, this, it, this, this relationship is not about church attendance. It's not about how good you are, how good you smell, how good you look, about your good breath or nothing like that. Please have good breath when you come to church. But it has nothing to do with that. You know, we've really made church about religion. And, and, and I'm telling you, uh, it, it, this thing is about a personal relationship with God. And how much you endeavor to know that is really up to you. And uh, I wrote this statement down, if this is okay. You need a lot more than religion. You need a personal relationship with a God that loves you. And so that's the first core, and we endeavor to do that every time we come to church on Sunday morning. And then we, we kind of move right beyond that because we think there's an intentional next step, a number two core, and that is for you to just get freedom in your life. In other words, we know that we all have issues in life. Issues of the past, issues of the now. If you don't, my gosh, introduce yourself to me because I'd like to know how you're doing it. I really would because uh, those issues come up with life itself. And, and one of our really foundational step of uh, a way of help to help you do that system per se is, to, is the core of small groups. And, and if you're not in a small group, I still love you. I think you're, you're amazing. Please keep coming on Sunday. But I can't do what it can do for you. 
I cannot get in there and pray with you individually, nor can anybody else. But if you get into a small group, it's where you can be transparent, maybe. How about this? Maybe you could have some fun and, and, and enjoy some things with, uh, with some other people. And uh, anyway, it's just a great place. There's so many things. I was thinking about all of the things that were going on small group-wise this week uh, that have really launched. We do it in semesters. But, man, there was a spiritual study on the authority of the believer Wednesday night. There's basketball was going on on Thursday night. There's, um, uh, I had a men's breakfast on uh, Wednesday morning. There was 15 men that came to that. It's, it, and, guys, we te- keep them small on intentionally. If one gets to be 30, I'm going to break it up into a smaller group because you're not going to be transparent with 30 people. I'm just telling you. Ten or of you are going to sit there and never say a word and slip right on out. And we're not going to let that happen. Anyway, freedom is what happens, and it's a core to the navigating. All right? And so we came to the next step, and I, I really want you to see this again. Number three, core, is really based on, I think this is the most important piece to your life, anybody's life, and that's discovering why you exist on this earth. Why are you, what is your existence on this planet for? And a lot of people don't know it. A lot of people are still trying to figure it out. And, you know, there's two really important days of your life, the day you were born, and guess what? The day you discover why. And I would venture to say in a crowd this size that there's probably three-quarters of you are still trying to figure out the why. I can help you with the why. We can help you with the why. And there's a way that we're able to help you come to that place of the why. Really, if you're, what you're doing right now and you're passionate about it and enjoying it is really probably part of the why. It's probably part of the purpose. But sometimes with social media, we get our eyes so far out there what everybody else is doing, we forget, man, just enjoy what you're doing right now and let that be part of making a difference in somebody's life, which is the fourth core. The fourth core really kind of stems out of that purpose, gets you to a place where this whole series is really about that core, and that's you making a difference in your life, in somebody else's life. And the reason I want to just review that is because if we get too far away from it, I think what will happen is it's critical. It's critical for you to be willing to ask yourself, why are you not happy right now? Why am I dreading to get up every day? Because if you can, it's only going to be answered, not just in the relationship with Jesus. That's a piece. It's taking it from that relationship and going to do something with that relationship with your time, your treasures, your talents, your gifts, your skills. And that's why we push and stress, uh, it's a little bit of a commercial, is that all right? That's why we push our growth track so much, because within that class, we take you through a series of, of uh, formalities to help you discover that through spiritual gifts, your natural gifts, and just help you next step to the place so that you, uh, I hate it when I see people come to church and they don't have a good time when they're serving. And I found out usually the most, reason, most of the reasons why either they stayed up so late Or, it's real simple, they don't enjoy even what they are doing. For years, I grew up with church. Everybody just do everything and anything you do. Anything the church wants you to do, and I get that. But my gosh, if we're more intentional about it, getting you to where I believe everything's needed in the church is sitting in the church right now, and if I can put you where you actually enjoy being there, I don't have to worry about you staying there. I don't have to worry about you getting burnt out. And only 15% doing the work of the church. I don't have to worry about that. Why? Because i got a bunch of people, 400, 500, they tell me now we're 650 people, 
650 people that are passionate about something, and it's what God called you to do. And that's why I believe that making a difference is so important. Well, making a difference can only happen when you come to the place where you discover that purpose. And I really think that this is why it's so important to talk about legacy. Legacy is the who you're going to leave behind, not the what. When I'm gone, have I been building something while I'm here so that when I'm gone, it stays and continues on when I'm gone? And a lot of times we put more focus on the day we're on than we actually do the day we're gone. And I want to help make sure that doesn't happen to you. So let's go to our text, Psalm 112. Got just a short amount of time with you this morning, and I want to get you to a thing I think is really, really powerful once you see it. Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6. I want to break this down. I want to chew this up for us, just dissect it a little bit for us. As you can read it up on the screen, maybe you got it on the app, all the notes are on the app. The Bible says here, this kind of kicked us off, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. Say, good's coming to me. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. In other words, I'm not going to keep everything anymore. Good's coming to that person that's willing to give time, treasure, talents, and skills, and abilities, willing to give that away. I'm going to give my life to make a difference. In other words, it's an absolute. Absolute either way. If I'm not giving of time, I'm not going to have good coming to me. In verse 5, and then he starts to kind of tell you how a little bit of that, a little bit of the action behind it. Verse 5 says, who conducts their affairs with justice. So good comes to the one that's giving, and good comes to the one that's living. I'm giving my life, and I'm living my life in front of people. I understand some truths, according to Scriptures, as a believer, as a Christian, that the words coming out of my mouth, people hear, people lead or guided by, the words, my actions, everything that I'm doing, it's a little bit more intentional about that. I'm a little bit more concerned that that person there is watching the things that I'm doing. And the Bible says good will come to the man that's intentional about conducting his affairs with his time, with his treasure, with his physical, with his money, everything in his life. Yeah, physically it's important what we do. And the Bible says here that there's a promise that will follow behind that. Again, just the text of this, he says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Good will come, and I'll never be shaken. You say, Pastor, can you give me a guarantee that I'll never be shaken? Yeah, I can. I can't stop the shaking going on around you, but I can guarantee that while the shaking's going on around you, you have something secure to stand on. (laughs) If we don't know the purpose... I don't understand the good that I'm on and the good that I have. And these things are not working in my life. Listen to me. Everything on this planet, on this earth, your problems will begin to define you. I want to help you get to the next place of this verse 6, which is really the core of this scripture. It says, the Bible says that that man that will give and that man that will live, the Bible says that they will be remembered not just while here, but they will be remembered forever, even in eternity. And I want to connect the dots for that to you. In other words, when my, <clears throat> I, I, I wrote this down. If you, if I can, I'll just interpret it. What we've done is we've kind of in, in put the two together. We've put inheritance and we've put the, the term legacy together. And we've got them confused and we treat them as the same. And they're very different in what they are. We want to give attention to both. 
You don't just do one without the other. But inheritance is, yeah, that's the what. But this whole series is more about the who. Legacy is who am I going to leave behind? Am I driven by the day I'm on more than the day I'm gone? In other words, am I driven by eternity? So let's talk about eternity today. (laughs) You know, my job as a pastor, this is my purpose. This is why I'm passionate. This is why I can teach 120 kids on uh, Thursday for fire training and not get bored with it, not get tired with it, and enjoy the mess out of it. That's why I can sit here and come, and I couldn't wait to get back up here. It's not because I want to be seen. I just am passionate to see people grow. I'm impassionate to see people discover some things that will fulfill them. My job is two parts. It's, it's really pastor-teacher. I pastor, I, and the biblical word for pastor in Scripture is shepherd, shepherding people. I also am very good at acknowledging, when I say good, I don't want to say that uh, 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 pridefully. I'm good at recognizing what are not my strengths. My strength might not be necessarily spending hours and hours with you in conversation. So I find people that will like to do that. And I'm hoping small groups will do that. But it is endeavoring a a passion of mine to see you grow and to see you know what's happening on this earth and get passionate about the persons around you and how important those people around you are dependent upon you. And with that in mind, uh, my job is really is to help you through life. And hopefully I can transition some of this job onto you to where you'll realize that that's your job as well. And, and really, the job of life is twofold. My job is to help you understand how to walk through this life on the earth, but also help you into the place of eternity. What does eternity mean for me? And we did a series on heaven a while back, and we had a great time in that. But I want to take you to this place a little bit deep, deeper because truth be known, the majority of your life is going to be in eternity. This is just a blip of the life that you're living. But what you do here has a great determiner of what you're going to be there. You're going to stand before God one day. All of us are. We're going to have our day in court. We're going to have that one-on-one moment. And and I just kind of, you know, this is just me. I just kind of picture trans, uh, maybe imagination I just picture there's going to be a bunch of us lined up and your name's going to be called and he's going to Stephen come to the front and I'm going to go okay and I don't want to know what the questions are he's going to ask me go to Romans chapter 14 let's look at this real quick I don't know maybe it's because my old Pentecostal driven by fear <laughs> I don't know I hope I got it right Romans chapter 14 verses 10 and 12 let's talk about this real quick It says here in in the very first verse, verse, you then, why do you judge your brother? In other words, why are you focused on their living more than your own living? Or or why do you look down on your brother? Now he throws it to the other way. Why do you look down on your brother? Do you realize that how you treat people is, is really important? So sometimes we focus on what they're doing more than ourselves, and then we figure out, we realize that, okay, it's important how I'm treating them too. Maybe they're not doing because I'm not treating But look at the next part, which really begins to open this up for us. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat one day. (laughs) Verse 11. It is written, as surely, I love the words of the scriptures. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us, everybody see each of us. Point at somebody and say, you each of us will give an account of himself to God. So the question is, what is he going to ask me then? What's he going to, you know, I wrote this down, if this is okay. 
I don't know about you, but when I was in school many, 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 many light years ago, I loved it when the teacher would give me the final exam, the midterm and the final exam, and everybody remembers the teacher that gave you the questions and the answers before the test. Everybody hated the teacher that did nothing that was on the questions and the test. She lied to you, and you got in there, and you were clueless, and you didn't know what it was because you just were going to regurgitate the information that she gave you. But everybody loves that teacher, and I like those teachers better because they understood something a little bit more. It wasn't necessarily about their regurgitation. It's about what they're doing. And I believe that we can answer a couple questions for us because there, most people don't realize that there are two judgments coming to all of us. Two judgments, this one and, and then another one that will be coming, that, that, that we're going to have a question asked, or there's going to be a way to answer that question. And I don't know about you, like I said, I always like to have the answer to the test. And if I can tell you what these questions are right now about my eternity, and I can tell you the answer to the test before you're ever in position of getting those things, wouldn't that be a lot better? Huh? Now, now, what happens, you can feel it the moment you start talking about this because people, you can feel religion starting to set in because people immediately go to that place of, oh my gosh, I've done so many things wrong. I want to answer something for you. There's, let's just call it, instead of using the word judgment because we hate the word judgment, we, let's just say it a question. Two questions. The first question happens at what's known as the great, great white throne. Say that a hundred times. Great white throne judgment. It's when you're standing before God. It's that day in court. Have I got it together or don't I have it together? And there's going to be really one question there that you can know the answer to right now. You can already solve the answer to that. And you can go into it the rest of your life never being concerned whether you got the right answer to it or not. You should never have to fear this question. This, it shouldn't be like I just said. No, you'll never have that. The question is simply this. What did you do with my son Jesus? That's the question there. Listen to me. I want you to see something. Uh, the question is, I really wrote this down. I think this will help you. That, uh, the question, what did you do with my son Jesus? Because the father sent his son Jesus to pay for your sins. He sent him on a mission. And when he sent him on that mission, he gave him the right to become that person to stand in your place so that sins of your life would be paid for. And the problem is, what I'm concerned about is, you see, God doesn't send people to hell because they're being bad or they're a bad person. People go to hell because they didn't receive the payment for their sins. And when you don't receive the payment for your sins, which is grace, which is something you can't actually pay for or buy yourself, God sent Jesus to do that. And this is really the question that's going to be asked. And you have to, all you have to do is actually receive Jesus, and that's the question answered. Did you receive him while on this earth? Go to Revelation chapter 20, the book nobody likes to read. Revelation 20, verses 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne. And him who was seated on it, earth and sky, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books. Everybody say books. No, 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 books. And books were opened. Another book, the Lamb's Book of Life is what it's called. The Lamb's Book of Life was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. You see, it's kind of like this. There's two books in heaven on this day of judgment. There's the books of your life and what you did while you were on this earth, good or bad. 
And what's interesting, there's this other book. And I just go with my imagination and I just picture what's happening here. God's saying, what did he do while he was on that earth? How did he live his life? And he looks down and there's maybe this helper standing beside an angel and looks in the books and they can't find your name. And he says, let me check the other book. Oh, there's Stephen right here. Why? Because what did I do with my, his son Jesus? That's the only question he's looking for. He's looking to see if you receive Jesus. And this to me is really just the kind of the know God piece. If you know God relationally and you have that relationship with Jesus on this earth, you never have to be concerned. It's how you can answer, is my name actually in that book? Listen to this scripture, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. One who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles. You see, it's, it's not whether you went to church a hundred times a year. It's not whether you were just a good person out there in front of your people every single year. That's not the answer to this question. That's not the answer to this first question. He's not looking to see everything you did and grade you accordingly at this judgment seat of the great white throne. He's only looking, did you have a personal relationship with my son? And that name in that book automatically determines your legacy of eternity. And so what that means, how do I interpret that to the life I'm living? When I think of my kids and I think of my family and I think of what I'm leaving on this earth and I'm gone from this earth, the one thing I want them to know is not how many times that I never missed church, not whether I prayed in tongues or not, well, not whether I prayed for people and, and was a good person on the job. I want my people, I want my family, everybody connected to me that my name is definitely in the book because I had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and I knew him. If I die tomorrow, which I won't be dying tomorrow, I'm going to live long until I'm satisfied. But if that day was tomorrow and I woke up on the other side of eternity, I know where I'm going to be on the other side of eternity, but does my family know? Does my family know who I served and who I loved on the other side so that my legacy will continue from this place? They would be able to stand up and say, my dad didn't just wear a suit and dress up. My dad just wasn't a Dallas Cowboy fan. My dad, that's real close, but my dad loved Jesus, and he wasn't ashamed of Jesus. Second question. Got just about five minutes. Why is this so important? It's known as the judgment seat of Christ. Coming to everybody. Everybody's going to answer these two questions. One is a grace, one is free, one's probably already answered in your life. Don't concern yourself with it anymore. The books are erased. You are in the book. But this one is where it's most important. This is where legacy starts to get to the place where am I making a difference with my giving and with my living? Am I generous? Am I doing with the things that God's given to me what he's expecting me to do with those things? <clears throat> First, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, NIV. For we must all, Christians now, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's a different judgment, different question. 
that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. In other words, Christ is coming when he comes for you, and he's coming with rewards in your hands to be a blessing to you, and he's going to reward you for good and bad. And you say, what is, how does he reward me for good and bad? He doesn't reward you for bad. Bad is the consequences of not doing good. He rewards you for the good. The good is not defined by religion. It's not defined by the church attendance. Good is defined. What did you do out of that personal relationship of love that he loved you with? What did you do out of that? Yes, that personal relationship will cause me to stand in front of people on a job site and where I would rather chime in and go, F this, blankety this, blankety that, I'll back up and not do that. Why? Because my personal relationship with Jesus is now about living and giving something that's more important. It's called driven by eternity. But we've made it about the explicatives more than the relationship, so nobody cares about the explicatives because there's no relationship that's made change. Matthew 16, 27. Oh my gosh. Jesus wants to pay you back for what you do on this earth. He wants to reward you. And every person on this earth, if you'll grab the massiveness of this eternity thought of legacy, how you live on this earth, and if there's a little bit of pride in you, I get it, we don't want to live by pride, but if there's a little bit of just drive in you, oh, I want to be rewarded, when every one of you do, you got the greatest reward coming through Jesus and the relationship, but He wants to reward you. Listen, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person, not just reward each person, according to what He has done. Guys, legacy. It matters how we live on this earth. And part of my role as a pastor is to Maybe kind of pull you into that place where you think about this a little bit more. When the question comes, what did you do with Jesus? I'm in the book. But what did you do through that relationship with Jesus? What did you do while you were on that earth? Here's the the, the answer to the question. I just gave my life away. I was generous and I gave my life away with my living. Because I understand that if I'm going to live more than the day I'm on, about the day of when I'm gone, it's that important. You see, after Jesus, it's all, before Jesus, it's all about getting to know Him. That's why we teach and preach and love and do all of those things on Sunday morning. But after Jesus, it is all about us giving our life away. I'm going to give you one scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. The challenging part is you can't help it. You can't help to walk away from this very thought of eternity and legacy because the Bible says he's placed this in you. I want you to see this in scripture because it drives you. If you've ever lost a loved one, what's you thinking about? If you've ever had someone going home to be with the Lord, how about way too soon? This is what you're thinking about. You don't have to be concerned. I was with her. I know her. 
Listen, you're concerned about so much of the now and the eternity is already taken care of. And the reason you're so concerned about it is because it's built within you. And when you know it's built within you and just kind of retrain your thought to be more intentional about what you're doing with it. Because the Scripture 3.11 says this, Ecclesiastes. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Why weren't you born 150 years ago? Why weren't you born 150 years later? Because this is the time you're supposed to be in. I do believe people have gone way too soon. I hate the devil more every day. But I'm learning to love more every day. (laughs) I'll just kind of end here. Unfortunately, what's happened is people have this eternity in them, but they don't know what to do with it. Unfortunately, most people, most people live spontaneously. They live for the moment. They live for the day. Most people are more earthly minded than they are eternally minded. Most people are more concerned about the day they're on than the day that they're gone. And I want to help you. I want to take you to this place where you can learn some truths in this place of legacy. Just a little bit bigger picture of where you are on this earth. How important what you, how free it is, but how important it is. How free the relationship is and the personal one-on-one with God is, but how intentional He is. So intentional, He gave us two questions. He gave us two judgments to have an answer for. The first one, most important, what did you do with my son Jesus? I'm in the book. But what did you do with what I gave you? Your time, your treasure, your talent, your gifts, your skills, your abilities. Did you keep them for yourself? Some will. Jesus said, some will do all of these spiritual things, but they never knew me. And you cannot know him and do the thing with what you have, not make a difference with it. I'm going to leave you with this one statement. You can stand up with me. Say this with me. Say there's more to this life than this life. How big a thought is that? There's more to this life than the life you're on. Why? Because I understand legacy. I understand it's more important about the who I leave behind than the what. So the question to us How do I do that? You have to come back next week. And I'll teach you the how. To leave the legacy of the who. Have a great day.